We are now in conversation with independent defense analyst uh, Helmut Hetman, who is joining us on the line. Good evening, Helmut, and thank you so much for making time for us. Yet another fire, and as you heard, there one of the MPs saying that um, it happened in um, it happened now recently in Valmanstal. This was in 2021 as well, where fire broke out. Bro- broke out, but the issue is also around the SANDF's own ability and capacity to control these fires when they break out. What could have gone wrong? I mean, if if I read or if, if what I read was correct, that the winds have reached something like 70 kilometers an hour, I don't think any firefighting equipment they might have had on the scene or any fire breaks would have helped. Um, if you look, if you read up uh, bushfire or forest fire fighting in Spain, in Greece, in, in America and Canada, you'll find even experienced firefighters every now, every now and then get caught unawares by a fire like that that get, just gets up speed and gets past them. And then some, sometimes they die, and this is what happened here. It's, it's unfortunate, it's, it's tragic, it shouldn't have happened. But I don't think really you could say that it could have been prevented had they had more equipment or better fire breaks. If that was the strength of the wind, um, I think that basically they probably the best they could, and that wasn't good enough. But, but, but we can't just leave it at that, right? Because we're also speaking here about military equipment. We're speaking here about loss of life sure. as well. Um, there must be ways that are found to prevent this. And um, as the, I think one of the voice notes actually that we had as well um, sent through earlier on saying that because um, the Northern Cape is prone to these um, felt fires, that means that that must also be taken into consideration once you declare that we're going to have a military training base here or any military base for that matter. Look, yeah, and, and I mean, Lohatla has experienced fires before. I mean, in one case, we lost some vehicles as well. It was mm. quite a few years ago, the old SADF still. We were lucky there that nobody was killed, but it got close because some soldiers took enormous risks to get vehicles away from the fire. I think the reality is you're going to have fires, and it doesn't help to train only in areas, say, with no grass and no bush, because in the real world, come a war, come even a peacekeeping operation, they're going to operate in grass and bush. And in the past, they've been able to deal with the fires, not always 100%, but they dealt with them. This one, I think, was maybe extreme with the wind speed. And then it just, it, it just overwhelmed them. But having said that, there's obviously going to be, there'll be a board of inquiry within the Defence Force. I think probably not a bad idea to have the Ombud have a look at it too. And then they will, they will come up with a recommendation to see if there is something to be done. Um, I do know that the Army has always been pretty sensitive about bushfires because when you do live fire exercise, for instance, often those munitions start a bushfire. And they've usually managed to deal with them quite quickly. Um, so there will obviously be a board of inquiry. We'll have to see what comes out of that. But I, I would hesitate at this stage to, to leap to judgment and say somebody is unprofessional or not doing their job. Um, one of the people I know pretty, are mostly pretty professional. And, but sometimes things just go badly wrong. As I say, even experienced firefighters get caught and sometimes killed in bushfires. So for soldiers, they're not experienced bushfighters. And a fire moving fast... It happens. Yeah, it's sad, it, but it happens. Yeah, is is it known whether any uh, military military armaments were destroyed in this fire outside of just the equipment? I, I, well, there might have been some weapons, small arms, maybe standing around. I think it was a headquarters area, so there probably weren't any combat vehicles, but there certainly were trucks that were destroyed, and probably some communications equipment that would have been there, um, and then general equipment. Maybe I, I believe some generators were gotten out of there. But other equipment, probably trailers, trucks, light vehicles, tents, probably some radios, still lost there. Yeah. And after the Volman Stahl incident back in September 2021, 
Um, do we know whether any investigation came to some form of recommendation around what the SNDF can do going forward? There was there was a board of inquiry at the time, but I don't know off the top of my head remember what the result was. I think there there was a little bit of a uh, there was a problem with inadequate fire breaks, and possibly fire breaks there could have prevented it because it was that wasn't that strong a wind. So I think there there was some. I don't know what was, whether the disciplinary action was taken, but there was an inquiry. There were findings. Um, it wasn't uh, too much of a drama because it was equipment that had already been discarded and really was going to be sold for scrap. But nonetheless, it was looked into, and I believe there, there were some steps taken. I don't know what top of my head now know what they were. Yeah, and we already face an SANDF that has witnessed a dwindling budget. Um, would they be able to recover the money that is required to um, to restore and repair some of the equipment um, that has been damaged in this fire? Well, money is tight, but the numbers of vehicles and so damaged wouldn't wouldn't be very large, so that wouldn't be a problem. They're more those where they came from. It's obviously unfortunate, but they replaceable. The troops, the troops are not. The, the trucks and tents and whatever can be replaced. They, they're not. It's, again, unfortunately, it is money down the drain, but that's not a real problem. Okay, thank you so much for your time. Helmut Hetman there, independent defense analyst.